0: Voice America Business.
1: Welcome to the Money Answer Show with host Jordan Goodman. Whether you are starting out, deep into your retirement, or somewhere in between, the Money Answer Show has the know-how to help you. Now here's your host, Jordan Goodman.
0: Welcome to the Money Answer Show, and my guest this hour is John Ventura, who is the author of many books on the subject of credit, and his latest book is called The Credit Repair Handbook, Everything You Need to Know to Maintain, Rebuild, and Protect Your Credit. Welcome to the show, John.
2: Well, thank you for having me on your show, Jordan.
0: Just to have a little bit of background about you, tell us about your background and, and uh, what, your, uh, what you've written and your knowledge about the whole credit area.
2: Okay. Well, I, I have been an attorney for close to 30 years. I had my own uh, law practice uh, for most of that time. And then a couple of years ago, I sold my law practice and I uh, became a professor at the University of Houston Law School. And I uh, am the director of a thing called the Texas Consumer Complaint Center, which is kind of interesting because people can go to the website of the Texas Consumer Complaint Center, and without it costing them anything, they can put in questions or complaints about uh, various things, including credit. And then uh, either I will respond or I have law students that work for me uh, will respond to questions. And it doesn't cost anything and it's available to everyone uh, anywhere.
0: What, what are some of the most common complaints you hear uh, on that website from uh, consumers?
2: You know, I, I, I hear a lot of uh, complaints about uh, collection agencies, collection problems, uh, basically owing money in various ways. Uh, I, I hear a lot uh, of cases concerning automobiles, either uh, the repair of automobiles, somebody complaining about a mechanic who didn't do a good job or are complaining about uh, the, the purchase of an automobile like they were uh, that there could have been some kind of misrepresentation and lately I've been getting a lot of, of complaints about mortgage companies mm. uh, you know with the foreclosure crisis that the United States is going through right now this is not uncommon and it, it's really surprising I, I uh, you know you would think that mortgage companies I can report this from just experience you would think that mortgage companies be, would be wanting to uh, bend over backwards to work things out with people, uh, but I'm finding that it's very hard for them to do that.
0: Yeah. Well, in many cases, they don't own the mortgages anymore, so they're just servicing them, and the people who really control it are in Spain or Norway or something, you know, where they're not really too interested in what's happening with the local mortgage company. You know,
2: you're yeah. absolutely right, and you know, it, nobody really knows that. Uh, it's called securitization, and... and uh, what happens is somebody else really owns the note. The mortgage company you think you're dealing with is a service provider, and there are and they're limits that uh, the owner of the note puts on them in their ability to work things out. So it's it may be unfair to blame anybody at the, at the mortgage servicing level because it's really they're working in, within constraints that they had no power over.
0: Well, while we're talking about this, what do you think of this potential new proposal? From the Treasury Department working with the banks uh, that would stop the resets of these mortgages on a broad scale. Do you think that's workable and is it going to happen?
2: You know, I'm not sure if it's going to happen. And, and, you know, don't you think, Jordan, that that's really just going to delay the problem? I mean, uh, if you delay the resets, uh, however long they delay it, whether it's six months, 12 months, 18 months, once it resets, you're going to still have the same problem. Yeah. Uh, there's another approach to solving this problem that's uh, being talked about in Congress which is the approach concerning bankruptcy which would give bankruptcy judges the right to tra- actually change the mortgage note uh, to uh, better reflect something that the debtor can actually pay and uh, in and you know uh, up until uh, they changed the law uh, uh, in, in bankruptcy in, in 2005 uh, even though the, mar- uh, the judges didn't have the right to actually modify the whole note that they, they could do things like stretch out payments and all the rest but if they give them the right to do things like adjust interest rates uh, do something about balloon payments um, you know do something about uh, uh, notes that are, are that could be adjusted at any time, uh, you know, make those straight uh, interest notes, then then you may be able to have something that has control over it. And besides, you know, bankruptcy judges are used to dealing with uh, consumers and mortgage companies, so they have the expertise to really do that.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, let's get into the whole uh, concept that you talk about in your credit repair book. This is a new book, or this is a revision of a previous one. Is that right?
2: You know, I, I had written another book. It's called The Credit Repair Kit that had been out, uh, it, it had about uh, four additions to it, but this one is completely new. Uh, I, I started completely over. Uh, there's a lot of uh, the same information, but uh, what I try to do with this one is actually uh, address the problem in a broader way. Like, for instance, uh, one of the issues in the book is stabilizing your finances. Instead of going directly into credit repair, which that's what everybody wants to know how to do. Uh, you have to also address the issue about stabilizing your finances, so that when you start to rebuild your credit, you're doing it on a foundation where you will have more long-term results, positive results. Uh, and if you pay attention to that, like creating a budget, living within your means, uh, doing all those kind of things, uh, it'll have a big impact. And you don't. And, and actually, it will have an immediate impact. Like for instance. Uh, the credit score is one of the most important things to look at in credit rebuilding and 35% of the credit score is made up uh, on how you make your payments and so if you have a history of late payments that's keeping your score down just by stabilizing your finances getting to the point where you can pay on time uh, on all your credit cards and all your debts will automatically start raising your credit score.
0: Now, the title of the book is called The Credit Repair Handbook. And I'd just like to be clear on what is uh, repairable and what is not. I mean, there's a lot of clinics out there uh, who say that they will repair your credit. If you've got uh, bad, correct information on your credit report, they can get that off. That's not really correct. What you're talking about is getting off... Bad incorrect. incorrect information. So, that, just talk about that a little bit.
2: Yeah, that's absolutely right. And uh, and there are and this is a big danger. I I address this in the book. Uh, you, you can be seduced by companies who who promise the impossible about cleaning up your history, your credit history. And there's red flags that you should look at. And and you and the, and and the consumer also should know about the Credit Repair Organizations Act, which is a federal law that governs. Uh, companies who say that they repair credit and one of the red flags is that if one of these companies asks for money up front for the services they're going to provide they've automatically violated that law because the law says they can't ask to be paid until after they've provided the services and so uh, you know for any consumer out there with this issue uh, be very careful with these companies especially companies who want you to do something that really smacks of the illegal, like for instance, uh, they may say to you, uh, apply for a federal ID number and use that ID, federal ID number, uh, as you would a social security number. And of course that creates a fraud. I mean, you're, you're defrauding people if you pass that off as, as your, as your, uh, this social isn't security number.
0: number for a business, you mean?
2: Yes, federal ID number is a business. Uh, it's called skin shedding, and, and the idea is to create uh, the appearance of a, of a brand new credit account uh, so that uh, you can avoid any kind of past bad credit that you've had. That's illegal. It may even get you in trouble if you try it.
0: I've, I've also heard that they've tried to get the Social Security numbers of dead people that had good credit ratings and transfer oh, yeah. that to live people. Is that still going on?
2: Yes, and, and actually, you can actually, there's companies who will sell you. Uh, or rent you somebody else's good credit. Uh, it, what they do is they they have people that have good credit and for a fee, uh, they'll put your name on their credit history so their good credit history, uh, uh shows up on yours. Like that's on, blatantly on a, illegal, right? Yeah, it, it's not, it, it's, they've banned it, uh, although I think companies still try to do that kind of thing. Um, but, you know, that, that's a big industry. I mean, there's so many people that have uh, bad credit and wanted to get it improved that uh, uh, there's a lot of people willing to take shortcuts, and really they're not shortcuts at all. Uh, you spend a lot of money, you don't really get what you think you're getting.
0: How much are these places charging, these credit repair clinics charging these days?
2: You know, I have heard anywhere from, like, monthly fees of a low of several hundred dollars a month all the way up to one case I had where the person had spent over $5,000 to get it accomplished and ended up in bankruptcy anyway.
0: So you, what you're saying is these people may be able to be helpful, but if they start uh, recommending basically illegal things like uh, skin shedding, you talked about getting other people's, you should just run the other direction. Is that right?
2: Right, absolutely. Uh, and basically, I mean, uh, any, anything that's available to you to uh, rebuild your credit, a consumer, if they know what what that thing is, the process is, they can do it themselves. They really don't ha- have to hire anyone to do it. Of course, so was now, there
0: ever a time that it makes sense to hire a credit repair uh, company to help you get your credit better?
2: Yeah, if it's a legitimate company, and uh, you know, you have to acknowledge the fact that a lot of people are just working uh, uh, enormous hours nowadays just to make it, uh, and most people live paycheck to paycheck, pay and so they're forced to do that. And, you know, if you find that you really just don't have the time, you're exhausted at the end of the day and all the rest of it, uh, and you don't mind the expense, you know, finding a legitimate company like that, uh, can be helpful.
0: And what's a reasonable amount to pay them?
2: You know, I would think that it, since it's a process that should, you know, it usually takes anywhere from four to six months or eight months to, uh, do the, Contacting uh, the credit bureaus and getting re- responses and all the rest of it. Uh, I would think, you know, if a person charged uh, around $100 a month, uh, that may be appropriate because all it is is sending letters mm-hmm. and getting responses. So they shouldn't charge a lot for that.
0: Now, as I understand it, to get errors that, that are incorrect off your credit report, uh, basically you have to go back to the creditors who gave that information in the first place. Uh, the credit bureaus are reporting things, but they're not actually creating a credit file one way or the other. Is that a common misperception?
2: Yes, and uh, uh, the way it works is uh, you can uh, dispute it with the credit bureau. The credit bureau has 30 days in which to do it, and if they can't verify it within the 30 days, they have to take the bad information off. But what the credit bureau does is they contact the original creditor and get them to verify the information. In other words, check out if it is a mistake. Uh, you know, you can go directly to the creditor and uh, address that with the creditor and get them to correct their records and then get them to report it to the credit bureau. Uh, it cuts out the middleman. But, uh, uh, you know, actually it wouldn't hurt to try both, to do both.
0: So what is your, your sense of the, that process in the real world? Is this a pretty smooth process or does this take a long time and lots of effort to, to have this all straightened out?
2: Well, the way the, the law reads is they have to straighten it out. Uh, any, any, uh, uh, objection to information in the report, they have to straighten it out in 30 days. Uh, or the information either, uh, either they have to respond to you in 30 days and tell you that the information is incorrect and take it off or that it's correct and it's going to stay
0: on yeah well my sense is in many cases it lasts a lot longer than 30 days to have this happen right we're going to to take a break John we'll be back Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of the Money Answer Show and my guest this hour is John Ventura who's the author of a new book called The Credit Repair Handbook Everything You Need to Know to Maintain, Rebuild and Protect Your Credit we'll be back after this internet's only all business and financial radio network voice america business
3: you hear business show after business show all geared towards improving a company's bottom line but what about your bottom line how come no one ever talks about that finally a show dedicated to the worker the crow show with paul mclaughlin the work wonk heard every wednesday at 10 a.m pacific time the crow show is aimed specifically at the worker and their environment From work skills and technology to dealing with bosses and coworkers, The Crow Show will give you insight on how to survive and prosper in today's workplace. The Crow Show with Paul McLaughlin, the work wonk. Heard every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the bottom line of business talk, Voice America Business.
1: Why is Pepsi cooler than Coke? Why are iPods so popular? In 2005, how can you launch a successful brand? Want to know? Learn about the fascinating and intriguing world of graphic design and branding on Design Matters with Debbie Millman. Every Friday at 12 Pacific Standard Time, Debbie Millman will provide you with a provocative look into the stimulating world of design as it intersects with contemporary culture. Hear what the experts have to say about creating, maintaining, and launching a brand in today's challenging marketplace. Join us every Friday at 12 Pacific Standard Time for Design Matters with Debbie Millman. Right here on the bottom line in business talk, Voice America Business. both their products and services are invited to become members of the money answers network the public can sign up for membership in the money answers network at no charge in order to be apprised of the latest useful resources to learn more visit www.moneyanswers.com get ahead with money answers
0: the internet's only all business and financial radio network voice america business
1: You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan.
0: Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. And my guest this hour is John Ventura, uh, who is the author of a new book called The Credit Repair Handbook, Everything You Need to Know to Maintain, Rebuild, and Protect Your Credit. Uh, This is published by Kaplan uh, Publishing. Um, and their website is KaplanPublishing.com. The book certainly available on Amazon and other online uh, places as well as bookstores. Uh, welcome back to the show, John.
2: Well, thank you, Jordan. You know, we, were in, we ended that segment uh, with an interesting topic. I didn't want to really get sure. off of that for a second. You know, you were talking about in, in real life, does the, uh, are, does the uh, credit bureau and the creditors really have the capacity uh, to check somebody's credit history within that 30 days? I don't think it works in real life. I know this for several reasons. One is I have people who have come to me with issues and literally they've been struggling with them in some cases for a year or two. The other reason is that I think it's physically impossible. I kind of follow the cases where credit bureaus and companies are sued because they don't correct incorrect information. and I've seen some cases where there was actually evidence that the number of complaints that went to a creditor and the fact that the department that that creditor has set up to, to do the checking, that the people in that, that uh, uh, department only had something like a minute or two uh, t- for each complaint to check it and verify it. It was an impossible task. Uh, they couldn't do it within the time that, that was available. Uh, so a lot of it uh, just gets reaffirmed as correct, even though it may not be correct.
0: So in theory, though, well, you're saying, I mean, in theory, if it's uh, incorrect, they're supposed to take it off within 30 days. But you're right. saying that the creditor didn't really look into it, reaffirmed it as correct, and then the, it's, it's basically a he shed, she shed kind of thing. That the if, if the creditor continues to say it's correct, then it's not going to come off the credit report, no matter what the consumer says. Is that basically the way That's it works?
2: That's basically right. And what happens is that if that situation arises under the Fair Credit Reporting Act, a consumer can sue a, a credit bureau if they don't get it right. And as a matter of fact, uh, yesterday in a Florida court, uh, uh, one of the credit bureaus uh, had a judgment rendered against him by a jury of I think it was 2.9 million dollars for uh, uh, not correcting a, not correcting many mistakes over a long period of time, and where there was a history of the consumer trying to get them to do it right.
0: Now, also, there was a law, I guess it was 2005, uh, the FACTA law, the Fair and Accurate Credit Transactions Act, that was supposed to clean this whole thing up and have credit bureaus be responsible and take errors off and all kinds of things. What ended up happening with the implementation of that law?
2: Well, it was implemented, but, uh, you know, it's one of those things where the law is black and white. It's implemented. Everybody's supposed to follow by the rules. But the... The mechanism of the credit bureaus, in other words, how they conduct their business, didn't change at all. So we still have the same kind of problems and lawsuits and judgments like the one I just mentioned, uh, are the result of that. They're not, even though the law changed, it put more restrictions on them, uh, the credit bureau did not change the way they conducted business, uh, and people are still frustrated with the whole act of trying to, uh, correct their credit.
0: Tell me about the credit bureaus a little bit. I mean, we've, the big three are Equifax, Experian, and TransUnion. Right. Are they trying to do a good job, or are they maliciously, you know, not you know, keeping uh, people's uh, records correct? Why do they go put people through such incredible pain and angst here if they're trying to do a good job?
2: Well, you know, the the problem is the the credit bureaus grew. Uh, you know, they started; they're a relatively new concept. They started in the fifties. Uh, they grew incredibly, and as they grew. They tried to adapt a technology that would help them conduct their business. And you have to realize it, it's a business. People try to make money at this. And so uh, uh, they created their, their business model that allows them to report information and everything. When the laws come around and ask them to change uh, certain things, what they find is because f- so few people sue, that it's actually cheaper for them to keep their old business model intact rather than, than expend millions and millions of dollars of changing the way they do business to become more accurate. In other words, the, the so
0: cost what, of, what could they do to change that would cost them all this money that would make them more accurate? Hire more people to correct credit Are they understaffed? Is that the problem?
2: That's part of the... Not, not only understaffed, but the uh, people that they hire for these positions... Are underpaid. There, they, they, there's some indication there may not be as educated as they should be, or trained as well as they should be uh, to really conduct the business. And it's, it's, it's their instinct uh, to tr- treat all the complaints as some kind of process, like uh, uh, you know, uh, that they have to get through real quickly, instead of treating each one of those complaints as a problem that an individual is happening and paying attention to it, listening to the consumer, and try to actually try to solve the problem.
0: Has this? I mean, their original model was basically to collect this information to sell it to creditors. Right. But in the last few years, they've been actively marketing this to consumers. You would think if they're marketing it to consumers, they'd want their customers to be happy and make these reports as accurate <laughs> as possible. Has that not changed you know, at all?
2: You know, they have found all kinds of ways. And yes, I mean, you would think that that would be true, and they do sell a lot of information to consumers like for instance they sell uh you can get uh you know copies of your credit reports you can get uh you can pay them for uh reports about your credit score uh all kinds of things but really the the most of their money is still raised through um, uh, marketing efforts through businesses like for instance uh one of their big, biggest uh, streams of income comes from selling information about consumers to businesses so that they can market to them, like for instance, you can go to a, a business can go to a, uh, a credit bureau and say, you know, give me the names and addresses of all the people between the ages of 20 and 25 uh, and who have incomes of uh, 35,000 to 75,000. Uh, in other words, they can put uh, uh, criteria on it and get a list of people that would be the most likely to buy their product.
0: No,
2: and uh, and that's how they get most of their money.
0: Yeah. Well, one of the things you talk about in uh, the credit repair handbook is uh, ID theft. Yeah. Uh, and you're saying that these credit bureaus are kind of selling your name and address multiple times to all kinds mm-hmm. of different people. G- give us a sense of the the size of the ID theft problem today. Is it growing? There's certainly been a lot of attention to it, and the Federal Trade Commission warns people about it. Is it getting bigger or smaller?
2: Oh, it's getting worse all the time. And In fact, there's there's some kind of reports that say... That it takes people months and months, uh, and up to $5,000, uh, in expense to, uh, correct the problem once it's, once it happens. And it's becoming such a big issue, uh, you know, they've passed a federal law that would encourage, uh, uh, actually mandate that, uh, some of the law enforcement agencies do more about identity theft. Uh, you know, at one time when identity theft was first growing, uh, I would ask client, I would tell clients, you know part of this is that you need to go to the police department and get a police report and have them investigate the case. And a lot of times the, the theft was uh, from somebody locally, like uh, you go to a department store and the clerk that waited on you uh, copied down your credit re- uh, credit card number and then used it themselves. And the police departments would not do any investigation. They just didn't have the manpower and they thought, Identity theft was a lower level crime and they threw all of their energies in big crimes like, uh, you know, robberies, yeah. uh, uh, murder and things like that. Uh, now you have like the FBI that's, in, that's investigating these issues. They have task force that are now uh, growing and they're investigating them more thoroughly. And you're seeing some convictions, but it's such a nefarious thing. Uh, you know, a person in another country can steal your identity. And there may be no ways to find out who that is, and even if you could, you couldn't do anything about it.
0: So what are some of the advice you give in your book uh, to help people protect themselves against identity theft in the thir- first place, and then once they've been hit, how to recover from it?
2: Well, in the first place, you need to avoid it, of course. And I think, you know, the common sense things would be the most important. Like, for instance, uh, if you uh, get... Th- this happens a lot. If you get offers in the mail... For our credit cards and things like that, that usually has an application with some kind of a identifying number. You need to shred all that. Uh, uh, Those things you shouldn't just throw them in the trash can because uh, there's a thing called uh, dumpster diving where people actually go into people's trash cans to find that information. Uh, Another thing where people are real successful is is the internet and uh, there's a thing called phishing, spelled with a P. Yeah. And that's where uh, you get an email. It appears to be from a bank, or uh, they have recent cases where it actually appears to be from the IRS.
0: Yes, I've gotten those all the time. PayPal, they often get them, yes. Yes,
2: yeah, PayPal. And what they want you to do is respond with some uh, information about yourself. And, of course, all it is is a fake thing, and, and that's how they capture. Um,
0: but this works apparently for a lot of people, then, huh?
2: You know, you, you see it so often, it must work. and. Uh, the way they do it, I don't think that the government has had much success in, in actually locating the people that, that send those emails.
0: Mm-hmm. So so that's kind of what you keep your ears up. But in many cases, you're hit by ID theft through no fault of own. You have not responded to an email, you have not been dumpster dived. Just your information, like was it Choice Point, I think? Like 145,000 people or. Various databases get hacked into, and you haven't done anything wrong, and you're still a victim. Is that right?
2: Right, right. That's exactly right. Uh, And there's so many ways that people can do it. Uh, You know, there's the low-tech ways where people just steal your wallet, or, um, you know, it may be something that you have a roommate that that, uh, gets information from you, or, uh, you know, a friend or a relative even. Uh, so there's a, a lot of ways that people can get to, get your
0: so, information. so to, to as I understand it, to, at least since you're vulnerable and not even doing anything wrong, uh, to get a service that can identify when something funny is going on, uh, you know is one way to do it, and they'll email you if there's something suspicious. Is that a good idea you think? Yes, uh,
2: and also you should you should yourself uh, check your credit report often to find out if there's any kind of counsel in there that you don't recognize. And, you know, you can uh, get your credit report free now. There's a website called www.annualcreditreport.com, and that will uh, give you a chance to get your credit report. And you should actually check your credit every six months or even oftener to find out if any kind of uh, information on there is incorrect uh, that could be identity theft.
0: Very good. Okay, again, this is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show and my guest this hour. Is John Ventura, the author of the Credit Repair Handbook everything you need to know to maintain, rebuild, and protect your credit? We'll be back after this.
3: The Bottom
0: Line in Business Voice America Business. Tune in every Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time for the Growth Strategist with Aldona Ambler. On the show, Aldona and some of today's top business professionals will discuss some of today's most pressing business issues that hold you, the business owner, back. Aldona will also give you 21 ways to grow with her list of growth strategies. Grow smart, grow profit, and grow your business with Aldona Ambler and the Growth Strategist every Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time right here on the Bottom Line in Business Talk... Voice
3: America Business. You hear business show after business show all geared towards improving a company's bottom line. But what about your bottom line? How come no one ever talks about that? Finally, a show dedicated to the worker. The Crow Show with Paul McLaughlin, The Work Wonk. Heard every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, The Crow Show is aimed specifically at the worker and their environment. From work skills and technology to dealing with bosses and coworkers, The Crow Show will give you insight on how to survive and prosper in today's workplace. The Crow Show with Paul McLaughlin, The Work Wonk every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time right here on the bottom line of Business Talk, Voice America Business.
1: both their products and services are invited to become members of the money answers network the public can sign up for membership in the money answers network at no charge in order to be apprised of the latest useful resources to learn more visit www.moneyanswers.com get ahead with money answers
0: the internet's only all business and financial radio network voice america business
1: You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan.
0: Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host, and my guest this hour is John Ventura, uh, who is a lawyer. He's the author of a new book called The Credit Repair Handbook, Everything You Need to Know to Maintain, Rebuild, and Protect Your Credit. Uh, a website you can reach, uh, John, is texasccc.com, which is the Consumer Complaint Center. Uh, his book is published by Kaplan Publishing at kaplanpublishing.com. Uh, and we were talking a little bit more about ID theft. Before we go to some other topics, uh, tell us again what you, what services might be helpful to people to protect themselves against it in the first place, and if they've been hit, what kind of things should they use to uh, help themselves recover from it?
2: Well, I, I tell you what, let's go through uh, the things that a person should do uh... if their identity has been stolen the first thing is uh... there's a chance that there may be litigation or and in, in the future uh... about this issue uh... especially with creditors who think that you may owe the debt so the first thing that a person should do is really create a really detailed record of all the, the incidents of the identity theft and any kind of proof that uh... it's not uh... your debt uh... the next thing is uh... uh go to the credit bureaus. They have a a service uh, that allows you to put fraud alerts on your credit files uh, uh, to protect yourself. Uh, One of the things the person has to understand is that once uh, this happens and you alert the credit bureau, you may be inconvenienced when you go to charge yourself because they may ask you to identify yourself uh, as the person that owns the card in the future. They're doing that because they don't want someone who can't identify themselves using your credit.
0: So this is a fraud alert. Is that different than a freeze, or is that the same thing as a freeze?
2: Uh, no, a fraud alert uh, is 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 when there's charges uh, and there's suspicious charges. Maybe there's some large charges on a card that doesn't norm- normally get those. Uh, then uh, the alert will alert uh, the consumer about that, and, and they also have a process where the merchant uh, interacts with the person trying to get the credit to get information to verify that they are, in fact, the person mm-hmm. that, that owns the card.
0: But uh, what is a freeze?
2: Uh, a freeze is that uh, it actually freezes your account so that um, uh, any charge that comes in is going to be questioned. In other words, you're going to freeze your account. You're not going to use it anymore. And so they are they're looking for any charges at, at that point.
0: So is that something you should do? You should put a freeze on if you've been a victim of ID theft?
2: Yeah, it, you know, it, it's kind of—it's it, a, a difficult question because you have to make a decision since most people use credit cards to function in life, like yeah. to rent hotel rooms and, and uh, rental cars and things like that. You're not going to want to put a freeze on anything, everything. You're definitely want to, going to want to pre, put a freeze on any kind of account that you suspect uh, that that account information has been so stolen. You're not from.
0: freezing everything; you're just freezing specific accounts. Right. Right. Yeah.
2: Okay. Okay. Uh, and then the next thing is to contact uh, any creditor associated with the theft. Uh, in other words, uh, some some merchant has been conned into believing that you've gotten credit from them. Uh, you should contact those people immediately. And start the process of proving that you do not owe that debt, that you're not the person that charged that. Uh, you know, it, it could affect what you're trying to avoid is it affecting your credit, uh, at that time. And you definitely don't want the creditor, uh, trying to come after you for the debt, you know, trying to collect from you, uh, sue you to do all the things that they would normally, uh, do to, to collect on a legitimate debt. Uh, you would want to get in touch with, uh, the bank if the identity theft, uh, person, I mean, the person who th- stole your identity uh, stole checks. This is a big issue. Uh, you should dispute all fraudulent information in your credit files uh, and, and ask each of the credit reporting agencies to block the, the fraudulent information when they're reporting it. Um,
0: um, and, and are they finding ID thieves these way? Are, are, are people being found out and, and put in jail for all this?
2: Well, unfortunately, not not as often as they should be. Well, one of the things uh, I was going to say is that you should uh, go go to the police, <coughs> excuse me, and uh, now the FBI and uh, and 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 let them know about any kind of identity theft situation. At one time, uh, those claims were not investigated all that much, and even now, when they do have the ability to, to investigate more. Uh, They're not having the success they want because it's just so hard to find these people.
0: Yeah. (coughs) Okay. So we've done a good amount on ID theft. People should certainly be careful about that. One place I think it can help them, actually, is uh, the Equifax credit watch system uh, at guardmycredit.com. That's a way of monitoring your credit and protecting yourself against ID theft and even... They have some insurance to kind of cover the costs, if that helps some people as well. Right. I, I want to go to another uh, area that you talk about in the book, which is credit scores. Uh, b- before we get into the details of how your credit score is put together, maybe just give people a sense of how important it is to keep your credit score up. It, it, it affects much more than just uh, what kind of interest rate you're going to get on your loan these days. Is that correct?
2: It, it absolutely does. It affects a lot of things. Uh, in fact, uh, you know, nowadays, uh, uh, most credit grantors, are looking at credit scores and not so much the credit report themselves. And it's not just credit grantors, people that are going to grant you credit to buy a house, buy a car, get a credit uh, credit card, things like that. Nowadays, employers use uh, credit scoring to determine whether or not they are going to hire someone. Uh, insurance companies uh, use it. Um, uh, various uh, other companies you know, use this. So that it could affect you know your ability to get housing, like for instance apartments.
0: It landlords will often look at this. Landlords
2: right? uh, could affect your ability to get a job. So it's it's a really important uh, number in your life, your credit score. So knowing everything you can about it uh, helps protect you and also helps improve your chances uh, of always getting a job and finding housing and things like that.
0: What are some of people's most common misperceptions about their credit score?
2: Well, uh, probably the misconceptions would be things like uh, 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 and, and not understanding or, or not uh, looking at a credit score and not, not understanding the significance of it so that the, um, the credit score that they have they, they don't understand how that's impacting their ability to get new credit um, And probably another misconception is how to influence the, uh, the credit score, like uh, people may uh, go out and get a whole bunch of credit cards, thinking that they if they have a lot of credit, that in fact would help them raise the score, which in fact it it lowers the score. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and also I think people feel they can move credit scores quickly, and particularly, my understanding is they go down quickly, they go up slowly.
2: That, that's exactly right, and you know, and, and the way the credit score is made up. Uh, Actually, 65% of the credit score is made up of two things. One is your payment history, you know, how well you pay. And the other is how much you owe. So one of the ways that people can affect their credit score is just by paying attention to those two things. And what I find is that a lot of people uh, are, uh, they they don't pay attention to how they pay their debts. So they end up with late charges and, and paying late inadvertently. Uh, nowadays I, I tell people that they should be sending in their payment at least ten days before it's due to make sure it's going to get there on time. And, uh, and, and if you're not paying attention to that, that's going to drop your score. But if you start paying on time on your credit, uh, even if it's minimum payments and things, then you're going to s- uh, start seeing your credit, report, uh, credit score go up. The other thing is just the amount that's owed. If you owe close to the maximum, on all your credit uh, cards and that's going to drive the credit score down and simply by reducing the amount that you owe, stop charging start an aggressive campaign to reduce what you owe will improve your credit score
0: one question I get all the time is people are surfing from one credit card to another and when they go from A to B to C to D and all that and they keep all of them open that's probably going to hurt their score if they close one when they move to the next one is that going to be better for their credit score?
2: No, it's not. Uh, That doesn't help their credit score at all. Another thing that you see is people who uh, try to consolidate several credit cards, small amounts into one, thinking that will lower their payment and that would help in some kind of way. And actually, it's better for a person to have several credit cards where they have low balances than one credit card where there's a large balance.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, What do you think of of agencies uh, that are out there to try to help you reduce your credit card debt by... Consolidating into a lower payment, uh, typically a nonprofit consumer credit counseling organization. Are those helpful, or what? Do you, what Some are
2: helpful. helpful. Uh, like uh, you know, the uh, probably the oldest, most respected of those is consumer credit counseling services, and they have agencies in every major city, uh, and they make a real effort in trying to help a person lower what they owe. And they also have uh, a, a educational program that's connected, so they not only will help you with managing your debt but they will teach you how to budget and other uh, financial skills so you don't get into those problems uh, again however there are uh uh companies out there who uh say they're nonprofit uh and are not really and and they do things that I think are that can hurt the consumer like i had one couple uh that ended up uh they were told by this company not to make any more payments. They were struggling, but they were making some payments, but not to make any more payments whatsoever, to send all the money to them, and then they would work out deals, and they said, we will work them out where you're know you only paying 50% of what you owe and all this kind of thing. They didn't read the contract with the uh, debt management company, uh, which basically said that they were going to keep all the money until they had accumulated somewhere over $6,000 for fees before they even started doing that. Of course, the, they had no control over the creditors. The creditors got more and more angry. And after those people had lost all that money, they still were forced into a bankruptcy.
0: Now, these are debt settlement firms, which is a little bit different than credit card management firms, right?
2: Yes, debt settlement So uh, firms. is there, there ever is a
0: time that debt settlement is a good solution for people?
2: Um, it, it can be. Uh, you know, uh, the debt settlement firms, if they can do this and if you have the, the resources, like, for instance, if you have the resources to actually pay something off, uh, uh, even though it's a percentage of what's owed, but pay it off to conclude that debt rather than get into some kind of payment situation, it can be good for you if, in, a, in that agreement, you can also get them to do things like uh, affect your uh, credit uh, credit. Report by changing what that information that's in there and giving you a full release uh, on the debt.
0: Okay, we've got to go to a break. This is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is John Ventura, the author of the new book called The Credit Repair Handbook, and we'll be back with more on your credit after this. America Business.
1: Have you ever had a bad date and wish someone could come along and change it at the flip of a switch? Do you dream of living the life of wealth, great relationships, and the perfect job, but don't know where to start? then tune into The Winner's Attitude with corporate trainers, motivators, authors, and hosts, Jeff and Val G. No difficult strategies or complicated keys. Jeff and Val present a powerful and effective technology to switch your operating system to create the most amazing life. It has been said that winners have simply formed the habit of doing amazing things. Winners know how to activate that switch, and so can you. The Winner's Attitude with Jeff and Val G. Broadcast each Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. The Winner's Attitude. Switch me on.
2: The
0: Bottom Line in Business. Voice America Business.
1: You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan.
0: Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host, and my guest this hour is John Ventura, who's a lawyer in the credit area. Uh, He has done a new book uh, called The Credit Repair Handbook, Everything You Need to Know to Maintain, Rebuild, and Protect Your Credit. Uh, His website is texasccc.com, which is the Consumer Complaint Center. Uh, The book is put out by Kaplan Publishing uh, kaplanpublishing.com. Welcome back to the show, John. Thank you, George. Let's talk a little bit about uh, credit scores again. Uh, you, you actually have more than one credit score. There's, you, you have a different score from FICO, from Equifax, Experian, TransUnion. There's actually four of you running around. Is that right? Why yes, are there differences correct. between these different scores?
2: Well, uh, it, most of them use the FICO score, the Fi- Fair As- Isaac. But uh, uh, over the years now, and, and especially recently, the credit bureaus have created their own uh, version of the credit score score. So they, uh, they produce that score as well. And a lot of times people don't realize, like for instance, when you go to apply for a mortgage, uh, the uh, people who are going to give you that credit usually uh, look at uh, all three or four of those credit scores to determine whether or not they're going to give you credit and how much credit at what rate.
0: And do they vary pretty widely between the four of them?
2: You know, they vary not so much widely, but there is a variance uh you know it, it's not it, it'd be something that would be awfully wrong if there was too much of a variance but there they are different scores and usually they pick the middle one. Uh, so it's a
0: good and, idea to take a look at all four than to know what's wrong. If something is out of whack if one of them is way too low they may have some more errors on there than the other ones is that right right
2: right and you know another phenomenon that I'm seeing is that uh, for a long time a, a good credit score was around 700, 725 uh, for the average person, and and now uh, anecdotally, I've been talking to people uh, in, in in the credit arena who give mortgages and things like that, and now they're saying that that credit is tightening, and they're now looking at uh, giving the best rates to people that have seven hundred and fifty yeah. uh, as a credit score.
0: And that's much harder to get in this kind of environment. These
2: days. Absolutely.
0: Let's talk a little bit about repairing and rebuilding. Uh, your credit uh, if you've run into some problems. What are some of the things you talk about in the book to help people rebuild their credit?
2: Well, the first thing, you, there there's some preliminaries that you have to do uh, before you actually start the rebuilding process. Uh, the first thing you need to do, of course, is get your uh, credit reports, the uh, free ones from annualcreditreports.com. Check to make sure that there's not any errors. Uh, and And what we're talking about, again, there is uh, uh, incorrect information that shouldn't be there. Uh, you can't do anything about correct information that's on there. Uh, and so you want to uh, dispute anything that's incorrect. Uh, another thing is you want to financially stabilize when you're to, before you start rebuilding your credit. And what that means is that you need to get to yourself to the point where you're living within your means that you're going to be able to pay on time and all the rest. And so <laughs> I recommend that people you know, create a budget, learn some, uh, some skills about managing your spending and things like that. Uh, you should start also building up a savings. Uh, that's gonna help you get credit in the future. It also is a safety net for you, uh, in case something co- becomes difficult for you financially in the future. And, uh, you know, once you start rebuilding your, uh, your credit, you don't want, you don't want something to happen to destroy your efforts. So having a savings in, is important. Uh, and understanding, you know, uh, why your credit was harmed in the first place. And that means taking a look at, uh, you know, how you got into trouble. You know, was it a situation where you just had too much credit and, uh, there was a job loss and, uh, it immediately started to destroy your credit. And so there's issues about how much, how many credit cards should you have? How much credit should you have outstanding? Uh, you know, ideally for the highest credit score, uh you shouldn't be spending or have a balance on your credit cards uh, uh for more than 10% of the maximum that you're allowed to charge on that credit card now the rebuilding process uh is uh you know it, 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 let me kind of explain okay. how that works uh, kind of an overview of it the overview of it is that there is going to be bad credit on i mean bad information on your credit history but every day that credit history recedes into the past, and, and, the, and the longer you do this and, the, and, the, and that, that information receding into the past will help you if you're able to put good new credit on your credit history. In other words, the secret is, is to add good credit to your credit history as the bad information is receding into the past,
0: so the more recent gives is given more weight, whether it's good or bad.
2: That's correct, and yeah. and, uh, and and the secret, you know, a lot of people. One of the the myths that people have about the whole credit rebuilding process is that once something is on your credit history, they know that you know that bad mark is going to be there for seven years, or if it's a bankruptcy, it could be ten years, and they think to themselves, well, you know, I can't rebuild my credit until after that time. That's not true and, and something that you should uh, not believe. Uh, the quicker, like, for instance, if a person comes out of bankruptcy, they should start rebuilding their credit history almost immediately after they get their discharge. Uh, and if they do it, there's a possibility they're going to have new credit uh, within 18 months to 24 months. And, and and so secret- would you recommend
0: they start with a secured credit card, somebody coming out of a bankruptcy?
2: Absolutely. Uh, you start with a secured car- credit card, and go to websites like, uh, bankrate.com, uh, to see what kind of secure credit cards are available, which ones have the best rate, uh, and pick out the ones that do that. Uh, you can also use a, a co-signer, uh, but I, I, always caution people that if they're gonna get a loan or get something that, uh, and the only way they can do it is with a co-signer, be very careful and make sure you're gonna be able to pay that debt because the friend or relative that who's signed for you uh, may be put into financial trouble if you're not able to do that. So that goes back to being, uh, you know, to stabilize your finances so that you can afford to be able to get uh, the new credit and pay it so that a cosigner would be protected, uh, you know, if they did you the favor of doing that. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, of course, there's the credit re- rebuilding scams. We've talked about that a little bit. And the Credit Repair Organization Act, which is... Something to be avoided. Um,
0: uh, Is it good to close down? People often are confused. If you close down an account on which you've had a good credit history, that'll actually hurt your credit. Yes. Whereas if you close down one which you've had a bad history, that will actually help your credit. Is that correct?
2: Yes. And and the thing is, like for instance, if a person has a lot of credit cards and they want to affect their credit score, and uh, there may be some old cards that they don't use, their instinct is, well, if I have less credit, then I'll have a higher score. Actually, a percentage of the uh, what they look at in creating the credit score is the length of, of your credit history. Ten percent of that score is made up of that. So if you have an old credit card, uh, the very best way to have that is to actually use that, that card occasionally for small purchases, pay that off in full at the end of the month, and because you're, you have active credit on an account, with a long history that will actually improve your credit score
0: so it's not uh, if you've had a card for a long time and not really used it it's not going to help you but you have to have used it and yeah, paid
2: it you on should, time yeah it's, you should use so it so if you have
0: old accounts on which you've not really used it then closing those is actually going to help you to some extent is that right?
2: well in, uh, no actually uh, it, because that credit history the length of the history is important uh, you know if, you, if you're if you in the situation where you've had accounts for a long time you haven't used them it would be better for you to use them uh, to affect the score positively than to uh, close those accounts, which may have either a neutral or a negative effect on your credit score.
0: Very good. Well, it's been fascinating, John. Uh, My guest again has been John Ventura, uh, the author of the Credit Repair Handbook, Everything You Need to Know to Maintain, Rebuild, and Protect Your Credit. Uh, John's website again is TexasCCC.com, which is the Texas Consumer Complaint Center. Uh, His book is published by Kaplan Publishing at kaplanpublishing.com. Lots of things for people to know about John and uh, making their credit better. So thank you very much for being on the show.
2: Thanks for having me, Jordan.
0: And we'll be back again next week.